at SAFM Radio and at Positive GP on Twitter. All right, forget the song um, because Mr. Billy Siligan is just taking time out uh, joining us all the way from Dubai. Just make sure that uh, you don't uh, sun tan too much <laughs> and, and tan purple. Um, but thank you very much for taking time out uh, to speak to us uh, about five keys of exceptional leadership. Good afternoon and welcome. Good afternoon, Chris Eldon. Good afternoon to the listeners. Yeah, Dubai's too hot, and as you know, I'm already suntanned. So How, really Sam? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about leadership. I mean, if we look at South Africa, if we look at Africa, if we look at the world, and especially, you know, looking at what just happened in the USA, uh, the lawyer for Donald Trump has been found guilty, his company manager has been found guilty. So all of this ties down to one thing, that we have what I call leadership deficiency. Now, the passing of Kofi Annan, who was one of the greatest statesmen that ever produced in this continent, cried out for authentic leaders, cried out for exceptional leaders, cried out for Africa to find its place among the nations of the world. And that can only happen if we really create spaces and processes to build exceptional leadership. Now, I'm going to share five very simple processes that if we look deeper into who we are as leaders, mm-hmm. both private and public, and begin to you know, model ourselves against what I'm about to say, we might be turning a corner around leadership. The first process is called modeled behavior. Mm-hmm. Now, in most instances, uh, employees or followers don't listen to what the leaders say, they watch what the leader does. So the behavior of the leader rubs off in a very amazing way to the followers that he or she has. And it can either be a very negative rub-off or a very powerful and positive rub-off. So therefore, as leaders, we've got to question ourselves and say, is there congruency to what we say and what we do? Or is there discord to what we say and what we do? And if there's a discord, it means we are not sowing seeds of greatness, but we're building legacies of ashes. So we're really destroying people one day at a time without giving them an opportunity to grow and express themselves in ways that they could to build either your organization or your community or your society or your country. So the first thing is around model behavior. What kind of behaviors do we as leaders show to our followers? The second one, it's about your ability to inspire a shared vision. Now, when I'm speaking about a shared vision, one of the core competencies that the leader should have, they should have the ability to galvanize people towards a vision, one vision. And the only way to do that is for you to become the constant communicator and salesperson of this vision. Because the journey towards that vision might be very rocky, there might be obstacles, there might be challenges, and if people don't see the bigger vision, they will get stuck in those, in the, in those rocky environments and those obstacles and never see that what they're going through is a process to get them where they are going. Now, as you share this uh, vision, you've got to make sure that people know what's in it for them at the ultimate end of this destination. So people can't just be inspired to follow you if everything that you talk about is about you. You know, when this company does well, I'm going to have this and I'm going to have that. And if people cannot find the we in your statements, chances are they are not going to follow you in the way that they should make you achieve your vision. So the second one is you've got to inspire a shared vision, but within this shared vision, there must be a clear what's in it for them. People must know what is it that I'm going to get out of it once we've achieved this thing that we want to achieve. The third one 
it's as a leader, you've got to consistently challenge the processes of your organization. I'll give an example, Criselda. You know, government departments, the public PFMA says people should be paid within 30 days when they've delivered a service. And I keep asking a lot of people, so what happens in the 30 days? You do the work, you deliver an invoice. Do they really sit down and wait for the 28th or 27th day for them to pay you? Because policy says they should be paid in 30 days. Why can't they be paid in 15 days? Why can't they be paid in 12 days? Why can't they be paid in seven days? So as a leader, you've got to continue to say, are there ways in which we can improve the way we do things? The Japanese have a very powerful process called Gaizen. It means small, continuous changes. So each and everything that they design or they produce, the next day they have a team that investigates how quick this thing can do what it's supposed to do, how you know fuel efficient or power efficient. They consistently look for ways of improving that thing. And sadly, most leaders, they become part of the rut by not challenging their people on how they could do things differently. So the third thing that leaders should do is to consistently challenge the process. The fourth one is your ability to enable others to act on your behalf, enable others to act. Therefore, it means you've got to create a delegated environment. Now, you cannot delegate poorly skilled people because they'll destroy what you're trying to get them to do. You have to delegate with empowerment. So when you delegate somebody or a group of people, give them the necessary skills and the necessary processes and tools for them to achieve this thing that you've delegated them to do. Otherwise, you're setting them out for failure. And this happens in many organizations where somebody's a great salesperson, they bring in the numbers, the customers like him, we think, oh man, this guy's good, let's make him a sales manager mm-hmm. or hair sales manager. But we don't prepare them by teaching them people management skills. Suddenly, people feel stressed around this person, they resign, they don't achieve anything. Why? Because this person is mind, he's still a salesperson, there's not been a proper transition from being a salesperson that manages your own sales process to being a person that manages other people's sales processes, their emotions and their attitude and their skills. Mm. And the last one is you've got to encourage the heart. You know, I love stories. We all love stories. And people like listening to stories because stories inspire us against heart, you know, left brain data. So as a leader, you must be able to connect the head, the heart, and the hands of your followers so that, number one, they can begin to think differently and understand process differently. Number two, they should be able to connect their emotions with their thinking. And number three, they should be able to be inspired to act accordingly so that you jointly are able to traverse this journey and ultimately achieve the greatness that you set out to achieve in the beginning. I believe these five very simple processes, if each and every one of us who yeah. leads, and by the way, leadership has got nothing to do with position but responsibility. There you go. If we can begin to look at this, I am sure we will sow seeds of greatness and we will build great leaders, not mediocre. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Billy Silicano, author, inspirational speaker, keynote speaker, facilitator, and executive chairman of uh, the Billy Silicano Group. And that was uh, words of wisdom, a wow moment right there. Uh, five keys to exceptional leadership.